Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise Dice today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood. 
keeper of the Chronicle and all around the spooky dude. The Coldry met with the prince and found themselves a temporary new home. Iris agreed to the prince's terms to become lieutenants of West Montreal. Ridley rolled with Nathan Dingledorf and ended up growing attached to his new crew member. And Everett focused on the task at hand as they received new apartments from Angelo DeSanti. Will the Coterie finally manage to rest, recover, and begin their war on the orphans? We'll find out. But first, abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Having successfully uh, made contact with and having sort of successfully met and agreed to to work with uh, Angelo DeSanti of DeSanti Medical, uh, the, uh, the the wealthy uh, sort of med tech entrepreneur um, has offered you um, a new home uh, for the time being, uh, the morgue in one of his hospitals. Uh, as he's indicated, his goals are far reaching. Um, he would like to kind of control uh, all of the the medical uh, facilities in uh, in Montreal, kind of build up an empire for himself. Um, but for you guys in particular, this this could not come at a better time, as of course our beloved T.J. Malone's is burnt, and Iris's condo has been uh, assaulted by like vampiric SWAT folks, which generally speaking means it's not a great place to to return to. Um, so having uh, agreed uh, to to assist him in in his quest uh, in exchange for. Uh, safe shelter and a, a friend in a powerful place. Um, you've arrived at, uh, at the, the morgue. Um, we'll say what's uh, I guess I can actually just ask you this. Um, what kind of morgue would you like to live in? Would you like to live in a um, uh, sort of a, a lar- the options I'll give you large hospital um, teaching hospital um, or funeral home? I would, I mean, if we want to have the do, should we have this conversation in character, Tom, or is this just sure? Like, let's. Kind of let, let, I mean, I, I think I was going to say let's do it in a meta way, but I think it's something we could discuss in, in character. So, um, you he gave you the options. Um, the funeral home is a little bit outside of Montreal; it's not like right downtown. Um, the uh, big hospital is not uh, the one that um, uh, Emily was in and that Doctor Skull uh, worked at. Uh, it's uh, one of the smaller hospitals, um, but it is still a large, large hospital. Um, we'll say maybe it's like one of those specialist ones that, you know, deals in cancer or something that has a kind of a more specific focus that keeps it busy, but smaller. Um, and the uh, teaching hospital is uh, attached to one of the universities. Um, so it's, it's got a, a morgue facility operated by DeSanti because, you know, universities don't got money for that shit. Sad. Um, so, um, you, he gives you the options and, uh, you have a few moments to decide. Well, I mean, for my my two cents, the morgue sounds like the only real choice. I mean, hospitals don't ever close, you know, hospitals proper. So there's no guarantee we wouldn't be spotted coming and going. Uh, well, I think it's supposed to be the kind of place he owns, though. Like, I don't think he's saying, like, go there, you can't tell anyone anything. Like, we've got to be around. He's my only concern about going out of town is... A, they're going to notice us because we'll fucking stand out in a small crowd. And B, if we're in some sort of empty building outside of town, it makes us rife for, shall we say, explosives and assaults. Whereas if we're in a nice big hospital, we hide out, we get a fucking office or something, and we just hustle, bustle in out. You know, put a lab coat on every. He's fucking tall. He looks like a doctor. You know, we can fucking do it. 
Yeah, Everyone looks at me and goes, brain surgeon, fucking genius. I'm yeah, kind of thinking the same thing as you there, Ridley, except, you know, when we go out and get into trouble, as we all want to do, I feel like it's more dangerous to bring that heat back on a higher population than a more remote place like the morgue. I feel like if the funeral home is... Uh, a funeral home, yeah, they're all morgues. <laughs> a place that we're less likely to encounter or stumble upon people that might recognize us or might cause us harm in this city if we're, it, it'll help us kind of disappear a little bit easier Alexa, I, i'm not going to fight you too on this i don't think it's a big thing all i'm saying is if we run into a funeral home outside of town there's not really anything to that we can like blend into or hide in they just follow us out of town and i don't know shoot us i, w- I will say just so you have the additional context um because of your deal with desanti you can theoretically crash in any of these morgues. Um, it's not that he, he'll only give you access to one of the three, um, but you can only make your home base on one of the three. So if that helps your considerations, if, for instance, you were downtown and you just need to disappear for a night, you could very well go to the hospital morgue and crash there. You just won't have all your stuff. Oh, fuck it. The only thing I need is gloves. Sure, we'll make the fucking base out of town. I'll give a shit. We can sleep wherever we need it. Wow, this fuck is useful. <laughs> I'm impressed by this fucking Decenti. Good friend of Mike. Well, he is certainly generous. I don't know uh, why we're being extended this courtesy. I'm sure we'll find out. Well, yeah. I mean, he's going to assume that we're fucking useful and we're going to be more useful in the future, just like we're kind of assuming about him right now. <clears throat> if we could get him to deliver blood out to the fucking funeral home, Probably, but also probably Emily, can, Emily can bring the snack room if we need it. What? I'm sorry. What's the, the snack room? The snack room? Oh, um, there's a closet at my old apartment that I kept all the people that attacked me. Oh yeah. Uh, can we put a pin in that? I do want to circle back to about uh, some kind of clandestine assault on your condo. You yeah. said they were like in tactical gear. They were. They were, and they knew who and what I was, and um, they thought that I'd be easy to take out. So I don't know who they were. Were If we figure out where to live, I do want to talk about that some more. Were they vampires? They were human. All right. So how many do you got? I did have three. I might only have one left now. Oh, okay. So we might need a blood delivery anyways, because that's not going to get us through, because we've got to feed us, and now two of us have to feed uh, old hungry boy over here. Mm Mm-hmm. That that would be a a pro for staying uh, in a morgue underneath a hospital. Blood's already on site. Listen, you talked me into the funeral. I don't know what you want me to do. You know what? I abstain from this vote. I'm fucking cool with it, no matter what we do. No, so no, no. Don't is, do that. All I'm like, this is good. You look as an investigator. You are impartial. As more evidence comes in, that's how you, you you change your opinion. All right? So I had not thought about blood delivery at the morgue. The hospital, you know, that's a pro for staying at the hospital. Okay, because then we could stay at the hospital, but we could use the funeral home as the place to take people we need to torture for information, like old Cunty, who's apparently getting all around by Emily at this point for having shot at Iris. Sure. Okay. okay, student 
or hospital? Do we want a young blood, perhaps old blood, mid-city blood? Student would probably also have clearer hours of operation, whereas I find a hospital is running all the time. But, you know, when class is out, not going to be too many people to bother us or notice us coming and going at night. All right, so we stay at the student place. The fallback is the fancy old hospital, and we use the funeral home for torture and shadiness. That sounds pretty ideal to me. Fucking A. All right, let's go tell them we want all three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there's some uh, eye-rolling from DeSanti, but uh, he eventually grants, grants your request. Uh, however, um, I know, Ridley, for you certainly, and I think Everett, because you've got your antenna up, uh, up pretty high, uh, the implication of, like, more favor from him equals much more favor from you later on is is definitely pretty clear. Um but uh, honestly, Ridley, there, there is a, a comfort in, in working with proper gangsters again. Um, if I may, may quote Don Cheadle from Ocean's Eleven. Um, yeah, and I think Ridley's thought on this is like... I wish well, you would more often. If we're the stronger one, then we don't have to do the favor later. And if we're not, he'd make us do it anyway. So there's really nothing to lose. Exactly. Um, great. So with that, um, a... Uh, um, Jesus Christ, I was about to say a hospital car. A hospital car arrives. It's called an ambulance in most circles, but, you know, I'm a classy boy, so a hospital car arrives um, and uh, takes you... The Ambia Lincoln shows up. (laughs) Oh, damn, son. That's very good. Uh, So the Ambia Lincoln picks you up. It's very classy. Um, And uh, delivers you um, to uh, the Jean Chrétien... Uh, teaching hospital uh, named for former prime minister of Canada, uh, Jean Chrétien. Um, so um, it is, um, we'll say it's probably attached to McGill. Um, so a fairly central uh, location. Um, it's a, an in-town thing. You spent some time there previously uh, during your Gordon Stevenson adventure. So you're just somewhat familiar with the area. And uh, as Everett indicated, um it's always busy and as much as people are constantly coming and going, but it's not as like laser focused as, uh, as the, the downtown hospital. Ryan, you seem like something has struck you. I just, it's, I had a meta moment. It's just Ryan's brain outside of the character just being like, of course we moved in right next to Iris's stalker. Of course we did. We didn't even think about it. That's just where we moved. Let's get I mean, I was going to have you guys hell. notice a poster as you walk through, but it's cool because <laughs> you already got there from a metal lens. Um, but uh, yep. Yeah, so you, uh, you arrive at campus, um, you, uh, you make your way uh, inside um, you've been each of you has been given um, a a fob to get in and out of the the hospital grounds. Um, Desante assures you it's been um, rigged to open um, all the doors in the uh, in the teaching hospital. So if you need to kind of fuck off anywhere else within there, you can. Unfortunately, medical staff at the sort of hospital side of this aren't necessarily university staff, so it doesn't give you free access to everywhere. But it'll definitely give you a, a good place to to hide out in there. Um, and, um, with that, you're, you're basically granted a, um, there's like a staff lounge, um, that, uh, has, uh, kind of like blackout curtains on it, like shutters, um, 
that uh, is uh, in the, the hospital area that has been cleared out for your use as kind of a general meeting area. Um, obviously, it's not as private or as large as uh, your, your digs in the basement of TJ's, but it's, it, it'll kind of do for now. Um, and you're each assigned a, uh, <laughs> a different morgue slab um, uh, sort of bunk bed scenario uh, to sleep in. Um, now, Iris, you are in the process of, uh, Emily's in the process of finding you a new place to live. So it's not to say that you'll necessarily be here every night with these two. I think it's probably going to be a similar arrangement to what you had at TJ's. Um, but you still have one that is, is kind of reserved for, for your purposes. Now, because I'm a child at camp at heart, uh, there are three, um, you know, those classic, like open the drawer, slide out the thing. Uh, they're stacked three high, um, and in kind of like long rows, um, who's going to fight for the top bunk bed? <laughs> Ridley will just climb into the bottom bunk. Like, I don't even think it's a conversation. He likes being close to the floor. It speaks to him. Yeah. And I, yeah, uh, as much as you are a camp, uh, kid at camp, I feel like Everett is dogged and tired all the time. So I feel like he would just look to Iris and be like, you, you got a preference there, uh, Iris. Ridley stripping nude next to you guys because you absolutely. And I'll does. take the top. I'll take the top bunk. I'd like to be <laughs> yeah, far away nice. from Ridley as possible. Thanks. Right. Uh, and with that, um, with a tremendous uh, weight of the day um, on all three of you, you're actually able to get some fucking rest. Um, so a day passes uh, in Montreal. Um, the news cycle is consumed with the uh, plethora of terrorist attacks, uh, much to Toronto's chagrin, completely overtaking and overwhelming uh, the news reports around the terrorist attack in Toronto that kicked off our adventure. Uh, So yet another just fucking spit in the face from Montreal to Toronto. The rivalry continues. Um, But um, the the entire country is now um, on high alert. Uh, The fact that both Toronto and Montreal were hit in a relatively short span of time for a country that really doesn't see very much terrorist uh, action on a large scale means that uh, everyone from the government to local authorities is um, alarmed. Uh, There are calls for martial law. There is uh, massive instability uh, in the nation. Um, In Montreal, uh, not since the FLQ crisis of the 1960s has there been this level of uh, kind of fear and paranoia on the streets. Um, The wounds are a little too raw for rebuilding to begin. Uh, It's instead a a process of um, counting the dead and uh, determining uh, just the the extent to which this, this happened. Uh, a multitude of terrorist groups around the world immediately take credit as they're like to do being shitty, shitty coward people. Um, and uh, as a result, there is, there's mass confusion and all the things um, good and bad you would expect uh, to come of this inspiring stories of, um, you know, heroic actions, um, tragic tales of loved ones who, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice to save their families, as well as, um, uh, all of the unfortunate side effects of one of these events. Um, many, many uh, phobias uh, come back into stark contrast as people point fingers at other people and, and try and pass the blame. All in all, uh, the city is in ruins and in, in a state of panic. Now, ultimately, uh, from a kind of more objective, distant lens, 
Um, buildings did collapse, which is, of course, massive. It was the evening, so at least it wasn't, you know, middle of the day, busy, bustling town. Um, still a very high casualty count. Um, but ultimately, the damage to Montreal itself is roughly negligible. There have been a bunch of buildings that have collapsed, but it's not like the city is in anarchy ruins. It's just in in rough shape. Um you don't know any of this because you're asleep. Um, but uh, already there are um, task forces being formed. Uh, and of course, somewhere the Inquisition is grinning rather broadly because suddenly their mandate has been pretty much given carte blanche. Um, despite being the perpetrators of many of these events, the higher ups and the general demand uh, for government action have meant that a lot of agencies that normally are covered in red tape have no red tape. Um, so things are, are getting rather hairy. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. It's me, Tyler Hewitt. I normally play Everett Fry, but today I'm playing the role of guy who will talk to you about Patreon. That's right. Dum Dums and Dice has a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dice, you can support us at a number of different levels. For example, for $25 a month, you get your name added in the special thank yous at the end of every episode. And you get to create an NPC of your own that will join the cast of Dum Dums and Dragons or Blood and Syrup or the Valentine Heresy in their adventures. You don't have to be bitten by a vampire to be immortalized, okay? It it can be so much simpler. Patreon.com slash Dum Dum Dice, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Okay? Memorize it. Type it. Click it. The clicking part is, is subscribing. All right. You got this. and Dice would like to welcome you to Karth's Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. Karth's Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! Episodes are available now. It is another evening uh, here as night falls uh, on the streets of Montreal. Vigils are being held across the city uh, in the wake of the disaster. Um, as well as, uh, of course, the kindred community um, following their their first incredibly memorable Elysium, awaking to their new orders and their new purposes, and in some cases, their new homes. Uh, the three of you um, awake in uh, your morgue slabs. Uh, go ahead and roll me a rouse check, please, to wake up and face the night. Spooky! Success! Fail. It was a one. Fail. Oh. Hungy. Also a one. Both very hungry. Hungry, hungry. Um, so uh, the three of you awake um, to uh, the um, uh, the sounds of um, a uh, sort of a gentle, like when, once you start to move around a little bit, um, you hear like a light tapping um, on your... Uh, just on one of the doors, I think, uh, but it's enough that all three of you can hear. 
Um, and from the other side, um, you uh, hear a voice say, um, uh, hello in there. Um, I, I just wanted to inform you that uh, as per our orders, uh, the, the space has been cleared out and it's, it's, it's all yours. Um, if you need anything, uh, I'll, I'll just be uh, around the corner at the security desk. But I've been told that you're, you're very uh, uh, efficient people and that you will likely not have much, much use of me. All right. Thank what's, you. What's, what's your name? Oh, uh, my name is uh, Mason Reaney. Thanks, Mason. You're you're welcome. I, I'm the the nighttime security guard here, so um, I, I I've I've got your backs. Um, hail darkness, I guess. Is that <laughs> okay? Goodbye. Uh, and then you you hear like the jingle of keys as he walks away. Um, Ridley, you're uh, glad to hear this because it means that, like a cat with a bell on its collar, you'll always know where this man is. That is good. Um, Tom, I have a question about how well Ridley slept. Because mm-hmm. we're coming off of, I know whenever I'm sick or injured, A, I don't sleep well, and this dude is fucked up. Also, he went to war and lost TJ last night, which is like a nightmare for Ridley, and I don't know the complications of Touchstone loss. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal so with I all that. To you, other, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to handle that now that you're awake. The interesting thing about uh, the, the, the vampiric sleep uh, at least in, in my understanding uh, of it in this system, is it's best not to think of it as like, hmm, I'm sleepy. I'm I'm going to like drift off or like, oh, I've got a lot on my mind. I can't sleep. It's more so um, that uh, the exertion of the beast and the blood um, can actually only keep you running for so long. Um, it's an incredibly powerful force, but it also requires a lot. Um, the Particularly the more... Well, actually, that's not true because all vamps have to drop during the day. So, or is it like anesthetic kind of thing where you're just kind of out and then you wake up and there wasn't much in between? I'm, I, I would, I feel like it's, it's the latter, particularly in, in my understanding. And again, like I may be wrong on this, but for our purposes, uh, as I understand torpor, it's like when you're in a state of torpor, you're just out. Like there's cool. no, when the stake gets pulled and you wake back up, it's like, holy shit, like a minute ago I got Blinked. staked. Yeah. Um, and now I'm, I'm back. Um, cool. that may not be true of all kindred. Um, but I think in this case, you were so injured that for your body to heal, your brain was just fucking off. Um, because all of you are 12th generation, I believe vamps. So like your blood is more potent than we're 13th, 13th. Yeah. So you guys are on the tail end of essentially of, Legit vampires bloodlines yeah one step below you is like thin blood um day walker type shit um in fact a lot of the um and this is specific to the the fifth generation of of uh vampire the masquerade part of the way that they reset uh the, the playing board was by saying like in all the older systems all the vampires were vampire society was afraid of Gena, the the apocalypse coming and the biggest sign that it was on its way was that the blood was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. The further and further vamps got from the antediluvian progenitors, like the weaker and weaker the bloodline got to the point that in fifth, technically most vampires start as, as thin bloods. Like the blood is so weak now um, that the vampires are actually afraid apocalypse is happening. So mm-hmm. you guys are one step up from that, which is good for all of you because I wanted you to have powers and such. Um <laughs> 
but you're not super vamps. You are like still on the, the very, very edge of, of, of what's capable. So all that to say, if you were a stronger vampire, you might be able to have more control of that for you guys. This is as much as your body could take. So you awake. Um, I think all of the feelings you're describing can absolutely be true, but unfortunately they're like, if, I mean, like I very happily had this last night where I had a dream that I left a bunch of food out and it all turned. And I was like really upset about it because it was such a waste of money and resources and like food and everything else. And I woke up and realized, no, it was all in the fridge and everything's great. Um, You have the opposite of that where you wake up and for a moment, it's just waking up somewhere. And then suddenly all of it hits you in a rush that cool. TJ is gone, your touchstone is gone, and so on and so forth. Um, and you're hungry. So um, the uh, the three of you uh, wake up. Is there anything you do privately in your tomb slab um, before you um, come out to meet the others? If not, uh, we'll jump ahead to when you're you're all um, in the uh, the lounge. But if there's anything uh, you would do alone. I'd be curious to hear it. I think Ridley just kicks out of his thing and goes. I don't think he's one for like solitary introspection. He's fucked up but active. Cool. Scrolling Instagram for far too long before I come out. I uh, want to see what happened in the world. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll say that uh, um, when everyone else went to bed, you like poked your head out and got the wi-fi password for the hospital um the wi-fi is not great inside a morgue bed but it's good enough to to load um yeah so iris will say then that you have the best understanding of what's been going on um there are a lot of disaster porn selfies um of you know uh beautiful people standing looking slightly tragic near like legitimate disaster well real people are helping to fix it um but it's definitely like you you know what these sort of massive events do culturally and there there has been a culture shift due to this like this is a pretty big uh pretty big thing can you go ahead and roll me please a um we'll go with intelligence and Miles, I'd give you technology, investigation, or yeah, probably intelligence or investigation. It's been so long since we've rolled dice in this game. Jesus. Also, just because we haven't like played it in a long time. That's also part of it. Four successes. Okay, great. Um, so... Um, I will say uh, for four successes, uh, I will give you um, two questions uh, that you can ask me um, with regards to kind of what you're trying to find uh, from social media, um, be it Instagram or Twitter or what have you. Um, Okay. So I think majorly like just understanding if they know who or what is actually going on. Okay. Big overarching thing. I think probably the who is the most important part. Um, and also looking to see if um, anyone important to us has been involved or is coming up on the news. Um, okay, those are good. Um, one second, guys, news. Heard that on Meg's mic. That's amazing. 
Well, I muted mine. That's all I can give you. It was quiet. It was subtle. Yeah, I, I, I screwed a silencer into the back of my throat. Yeah. Honestly, that would be the equivalent. Like one of the yeah. James Bond ones where it's way quieter than even it would be in real life. Yeah, yeah where it just makes that little sound that makes right. video games feel very cool. Um, as opposed to just loud, but slightly less so, like real. Sil- silencer. Silencer just means you don't experience hearing loss when you fire your weapon. Like you don't yeah. need ear protection. There's there's a great YouTube <laughs> channel where the guy went through and remixed the sound to what silencers actually sound like onto scenes. And one of them was like the John the John Wick little snipe over the thing. Oh, Hilarious. When, they're, when they're walking through yeah. Grand Central or whatever. And it's just yeah. booming gunshots. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. they make it sound like it's an arrow thwap. Yeah, yeah. Know, or like, like a little, little chirps or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't get hearing loss, and it's harder to hear based on echoes where it came from. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> or stealth assassin. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So, um, in terms of um, who people think are responsible, um, currently there's complete chaos on that regard only because so many different groups claimed credit that it's just sorting through them. It's really what uh, Hans Gruber was trying to do in Die Hard, where it's like, if I just list political dissidents in several different countries, everyone will just be like, wait, who, who are, who are these guys? Like what, what do they actually want? Um, And unfortunately, like just looking at the way the news cycle runs right now, I can't fucking imagine what something like this would report. Like, like it would be everything from like, this is a false flag. The government did it to Al-Qaeda being like, it was us. We for sure did this one to like, I don't know, the fucking Proud Boys. Like, who knows? Like, it, it, it's just so scattered. Um, for you, Iris, looking at it from the lens of like being a kindred and knowing about the masquerade, um, there's like maybe a couple Reddit boards that are like, I'm pretty sure this is about vampires, but they're so far buried under all the QAnon boards that like it doesn't, it doesn't seem to track as usual. Uh, Cause I really firmly believe in like the men in black approach to this sort of stuff. Some people fucking got it right and have been talking about it. There might actually be kindred breaking rules, like whether they're anarchs or Sabbat, like just fucking straight up posting about it. But again, it's not also, I don't think people think vampires and then think blowing up buildings. So there's yeah. just a lot of that. Unfortunately uh, in this particular instance, the government false flag thing isn't that far off given that it was the inquisition, but given that the inquisition isn't one body necessarily in the way it used to be, there's just chaos, chaos. It's weird because the real culprit is the fake FBI. Yeah. And it's wild that you are a member of an organ or I'm, I'm shrinking it down to like an individual, but to be part of an organization that has that knows the truth of like humanity has an adversary that is not human and the way you go about fighting them is blowing up the buildings that the humans live and work in is bananas <laughs> yep um so all that to say um right now nothing and i think again it's it's a bit of a relief that it isn't just like vampires walk among us yeah uh, news at 11 um and in terms of uh, anyone you know um now that you're aware of Dedrick's kind of place in kindred society uh, as a bit of a joke to like the people of Elysium, but also as seemingly kind of the new face of what a social media savvy kindred looks like is in the older editions and like in the past of our world of darkness, um, the, uh, the Nosferatu ran uh, Shreknet 
which unfortunately uh, pre the movie Shrek made a lot more sense as like the guy who directed Nosferatu, but now it just seems like it's Ogrenet and there's a reason it's gone. Um, but they ran essentially an entire think like almost a Reddit community just for vampires where all of the secret information was stored, but like very matrixy. Yeah. Well, and I mean like for our points of reference as people who are relatively new to this aside from Ryan, like the matrix and that era of kind of, cyberpunk and neuromancer and all that shit that came out at the same time really had a huge impact on on kind of the late 90s vampire world um so the idea that the nosferatu who had traditionally been these these information brokers setting up a dark net just for them made a ton of sense what fifth edition does which is a, a, again a bold red choice for resetting the board is it got raided and a bunch of vamps died because everything was stored on servers sure so there has been an edict uh, from the Camarilla that, like, no more fucking Shrek dead assholes. It's gone because all it took was flipping one vampire and suddenly, like, everyone was exposed. Um, <laughs> they found out who loved to suck 99 really was. They found him. They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> it was Bruce Valanche. Famed vampire. <laughs> um, so all that to say... Um, Diderik fills that hole in a weird way, which is that he's he's speaking kind of clearly to vampire like to kindred society but in such a way that he just looks like a low-level influencer like he's actually a pretty massive influencer for kindred but in the kind of um kind world it just sort of seems like he's a mid-level you know he's he's not the youtube video you clicked on he's one of the recommended you might recommended you know yeah, um, he's, he's one of those instagrammers with like thirty thousand followers where you're like good for you but like that's not gonna make you a living yeah and like club culture likes him a lot but all that to say he is active and uh is posting a lot of like <clears throat> in support of your resources kind of as you'd expect from from someone uh like him um but uh miles based on your role um the subtext that iris is seeing is kind of like if you're a kindred and you're cut off here's where you can get help like he seems to essentially be broadcasting very subtle messages to the kindred community about kind of where they can go for assistance. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, um, no one, no one you you recognize or or notice in the uh, in the feeds. Um, there is a uh, a footnote um, about uh, a a beloved uh, local bar burning down and the. Uh, the loss of uh, karaoke in the community will be strongly felt. The TJ Malone's Facebook page remains unupdated since he joined Facebook in 2009. <laughs> As with all local shitty bars. <laughs> yeah. But you can see three people from his high school that never posted on his page before talking about how significant he was to them in that weird way strangers borrow grief sometimes that's infuriating. Yeah, a, a bunch of 20-somethings just checked in at TJ Malone's and are posting there about how they never went, but it could have been their favorite bar. Um, They're probably holding pieces of charcoal from from the yeah. burnt down building. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Oh, finally poking him back, but you know what? It's too little too late. You should have done it back in 2009. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his Farmville account is uh, <laughs> is sadly untended. Uh, which just shut down like last week. Uh, anyway. Um, so uh, that's, uh, Iris, what you get uh, from that. You also, of course, have um, uh, a message from Emily 
Um, she has found three potential condos uh, or living spaces for you, uh, and she'd, she'd like you to give her a shout when you're up and about. Uh, all right, so uh, Everett, is there anything you do in your your slab, <laughs> little slabby box? I think after everything that went on last night, to be in just a little dark box with just sort of like the vaguest din of activity of like Ridley, you know, springing up and getting out of bed and getting on with his night. Um, and maybe even hearing little, little snippets of audio from Instagram stories or anything like that above him. I think Everett just really kind of takes a moment to like appreciate the tranquility of just being in a dark box alone <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and I think some unwanted thoughts start to start to creep in again of, and, and just the, he, his, his mind threatens to, to spiral if he doesn't kind of get up and get out of there. And so I think after a little too long in there, um, you know, when, when like some, you hear sometimes people talk about uh, sensory deprivation chambers that like mm-hmm. the experience is fine until it like goes wrong and you like, yeah, it's realize. great until it really isn't. Yeah, it's, and someone has like you know like a panic attack or something like that. I think he's on the verge of that. He's like, I need to get out. <laughs> he, he then like rolls himself out and 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 hops down. Great. Um, so um, with that, um, the uh, the three of you, Ridley, kind of pulling his pants on um, as as he do. What's left of them anyway? Uh, I think you you've been. Um, We'll say that um, DeSanti had like a fresh set of clothes delivered for for each of you. It's, um, I mean, Iris, it's, it's not to your taste. Uh, it's very generic, but you get the sense that like, again, DeSanti is like he's setting you up, but not. This isn't like an like a, a delightful like you know bed and breakfast scenario where he's like, I just really want them taken care of. It's more like, oh, I noticed all of your clothes were trash. Here's some less trash. Um, but it does look like some, you know, asshole low on the, the chain had to like go to Walmart and just buy you off the, off the rack jeans and like shirts or something. Just, yeah, just so, enough so to get you started. Weirdly, Ridley is the best dressed he's ever been. Like, I feel like he's true. just in like a nice polo. Like he just looks like a relatively pleasant, but weird dad. <laughs> and I would say there's probably, let's say there's like a white lab coat somewhere nearby and Ridley just puts it on. So for action figure's sake, you're now seeing Dr. Ridley. <laughs> Amazing. I have a feeling it's a sliding scale for each of us where the plainness of the clothes is like fantastic for Ridley. Like exactly what Everett would have bought for himself if he had like the choice and terrible for Iris. <laughs> like each of us has like one point on the scale yeah, of like Iris, where what, we like these clothes. Given that we, we've been talking like polo and jeans, what do you think DeSantis people got you? Oh, it's probably like a vintage rocker tee and jeans. Okay, what's the the band? Is it like we're talking like? And I, I, it kills me to say this. We're no. talking like Nirvana, quote quote vintage. We're talking like Guns and Roses. Like, what do you think? Or is this like a Spice World no, tour I feel where it's like technically it's... vintage but weird? Or like the Beatles? <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but I was gonna say it's like. It's something really stupid and not like adult at all. So I was going to say like, it's a Wiggles tour t-shirt. That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. I, I like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they couldn't, 
figure out what your size might be. So they just went with like a large children's shirt. We're like, fucking hopefully. Do you know what? I, I Maybe we should just make it all band shirts. Ridley's will be uh, My Chemical Romance, which I think doesn't quite match him. But if he listened to the music, he'd be cool with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Everett, what uh, what band t-shirt did you get? I oh, know my, my brain is brushing now for the funny thing. Uh, I, I think it's just... Uh, um, I think it's just a Metallica shirt. It's just Master of Puppets. It's just the right. hands over the gravestones. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a moment of like all the people you've accidentally killed and watched die. And it's like yeah. gravestones. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if it is a band t-shirt, then I think that slides ever a little farther down to where Iris is on the happiness with outfit scale. Yeah, totally fair. Totally <laughs> yeah, fair. I don't think any of us are happy with them. I just think it suits <laughs> us to varying degrees. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, great. Uh, so um, having awoken with, with hunger, uh, the, the beast starting to pound within your blood, um, Iris, uh, Ridley and Everett, you, you make your way into the lounge. Uh, this is one of those kind of like I have to assume that a morgue lounge is still just a workplace lounge, but also, I don't know, from my own kind of like thoughts with the sort of stuff, I feel like it's got to have a bit of quirk to it just in as much as it's a pretty grim space. So you might need some, some like kind of strange levity uh, to it. So uh, what I like from each of you is uh, one unique detail. And it doesn't need to be something like, it's not like, oh, wow, there's like a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube band. But just like, you know, sometimes you walk into particularly like a faculty lounge and there's just like weird quirks about it. So what from each of you, what's one weird, interesting detail in this lounge? I think there's like posters and things on the wall that are either like far side style or like far really side. bad puns about bone saws. And things like that. I love far the far side, side thing. Let's like just make it a straight up Jack Astor situation yeah. where it's just like a bunch of framed far side comics. Okay, I like that a lot. So we've got far side comics and puns. Um okay. <sighs> uh I want to mix the student and the hospital style thing. So one wall is just a big kind of whiteboard with the markers that you can write on it, which is like, oh, they did a good job on making it a school. Um, but all the chairs are that weird hospital chair thing where it's like a blue, uncomfortable fabric padded backrest and, and like down. But they're a little too tight and the wood on the sides is thin and every corner is rounded. So like there's no way to kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. comfortably settle in the chairs or couches. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so all the furniture is just slightly off. Uh, one person has brought a desk lamp from home but it's one of those like antique road show. Like this thing has a whole oeuvre. Uh, it is a ceramic German shepherd, like cresting a cliffside, and like up through the German shepherd's head is where like the rest of the lamp goes and like a too big lampshade. Like it's not like a proper desk lamp. It is just one like decorative, like conversation piece lamp that someone has brought from their home or their grandparents home or something like that. And they put it on their desk. Okay, I love that. I love that the most. Uh, great. So uh, we've got a sense of this place. I, I think um, we'll say for the purposes, particularly of the news and stuff, there is um, uh, there are uh, sort of like three computer, ter- pardon me, three computer terminals set up um, that are that classic, like not the worst, but by no means the best 
university setup. Um, so just like a, a vague like Acer box uh, with like those flat screens that are nice-ish, but again, not not great. Um, there's a, an, an old-ish flat screen uh, TV mounted on one of the walls. Um, there is inexplicably a Wii U plugged into it um, with a fine layer of dust on it. Um, but uh, it does have cable access, just particularly for, for the news and the like. Um, there's a small kitchenette um, that none of you need, but you know, it's always nice to know it's there. Um, <clears throat> and um, you can see there, there's um, a small locker room um, and shower room kind of off one, one door, um, as well as uh, what looks to be like a small crash space. So it's, it's essentially a glorified closet with a couple of cots. Um, just for for folks who are working uh, working long hours. Um, <clears throat> so having uh, established yourselves now in in the lounge, um, the, uh, the three of you kind of get settled, uh, and it's time uh, to talk about what the fuck happened at TJ Malone's. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan Laplante at Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai angle and all our ads use the tracks no control in chiefs by jazzar that's j-a-h-z-z-a-r all of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dumb dumbs and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are at dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice and most importantly you can join our patreon of darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice that's d-u-m-b d-u-m-b d-i-c-e sleep well children of the Died. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.